I just was thinking this morning as we were singing um, just how much fun it has been uh, to do this series. Uh, fun for me, um, hopefully fun for you to listen to because we're really talking about like the benefits, like the rewards of, of following Christ. And it, I mean, it's exciting, right? Most of the time when we're, when we're looking at scripture, we're looking at the gospels and we're trying to figure out how do we be followers of Christ and we see this huge gap between you know, who we are and who we want to be. And we know that we've also got this enemy that's messing with us and, and getting us off course. And we're just, we're just battling and fighting, right? And so even as we, we come and we give a message normally and we're trying to figure out how do I become more like Christ and live that life, there's this overwhelming kind of cloud that's over us sometimes. It's just, it just feels heavy. And the stuff that we're talking about is on the other side of all that the other side of pain, the other side of Satan, um, evil, all those things. And so it's hard for us to even imagine what that's going to be like. And so it's been a stretch. It's been challenging for me because uh, I'm not really much of uh, a dreamer and imagination. I don't even know what the word is. A something. Yeah. A somebody who thinks imaginatively person. Um, so it, it's been a stretch, and, and I hope that it's stretching you, and I hope you're taking the opportunity to allow yourself to stretch. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that today. I want to thank Dave. Shout out to Dave. He did an awesome job last week. Can we give it up for Dave? <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I have thought about his illustration like all week about this fog he talked about that just kind of hangs over our lives, kind of the circumstances that we are in that keeps us from seeing sometimes the, the places God's taking us on the other side, um, the, the things he has for us in, in eternity, in the next life. Um, and it's, man, it's just been, it's been sitting there spinning in me um, all week. And God longs for us to see those things that he's prepared for us. He longs for us. That's why as we were just singing that song, I was thinking, you know, his heart won't stop coming after us because he wants us to have what he's preparing for us. You know, I was thinking about like, if you're a parent and you've put a ton of time into preparing just this unbelievable vacation for your kids, and then you kind of tell them, like maybe they've been kind of acting up and you're like, hey guys, you know, you kind of threaten them, you know. You're not, we're not going to go on this vacation if you go don't, you know, clean your act up or whatever. It's like, you've already bought the tickets. You're going, right? You're doing everything you can, though, to hang it over them. But, man, you were just hoping, like, please, just come on, man, you know? Do me a solid and just be a good kid for a few weeks, right? That's what God's just like, oh, man, I want so much for every person that I've created to experience what I have for them. It's going to blow their minds. I don't want anybody to miss it. That's why he comes after us. God longs for us to have those things. But as we talked about last week, first, evil has to be overthrown. Um, and so we talked about how, how God is going to destroy the enemy. And be, that has to happen before we can kind of fully come into this restored earth, our restored bodies, before we can kind of give and receive the rewards that God has for us in heaven. And I long for that day when evil will have no more bearing on my life. And Satan will be vanquished, and we can live in complete freedom and wholeness forever. Those are the promises that I cling to. 
So we've mentioned over the course of this series that, that when we get to heaven, there's going to be this great feast, right? And the Bible talks about it being like a, a wedding banquet. And, and throughout scripture, he, you know, God uses this imagery of Jesus being this, this groom and, and the church being his bride. And so when we come together in heaven with him, it's going to be this, this great feast, this wedding feast, this celebration. And, and we're going to be surrounded by other community of believers, other people who, who have surrendered their life to Christ. And it will be a celebration like none of us have ever experienced before. There'll be nothing to compare it to because for one, we're all going to be in our glorified bodies and we don't know what that's going to be like. We're going to look around and each one of us is going to be the absolute best version of ourselves, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, without a care in the world to rob any of the joy that we're experiencing. Have you ever been in those places where you're, you're at something and you're thinking, I ought to be enjoying this. <laughs> but there's just whatever it is hanging over you. Guilt, shame, worry, fear. It, it just robs the joy. There's, there will be none of that in heaven. Nothing to interfere from what God has for us. And we'll be sitting around at this banquet and, and there's going to be stories being told about all that God has done. And there'll be reunions ongoing. You're going to run into people that you've known and done life with. And, and people that are going to tell you, hey, you made a, a great impact on my life. Thank you. And I don't know how long that celebration feast is going to last. But it does kind of beg the question when, that when the last glass of wine is poured... What then? What's next? What are we going to do forever, right? What are we going to do forever? Now, if you ask most people in the world, at least those who at least claim to believe that there is a heaven, most people, when somebody passes away, they say, rest in peace, right? People get tattoos, RIP, so-and-so, right? Like, like a bunch of kindergartners rolling out their napping mats for, for just to hunker down and take a nap during the day, right? I don't know about you, but that sounds boring, all right? I don't ever take naps, ever. And so the thought of like, yeah, let's just rest in peace. I'm like, <laughs> no, that's what heaven is. Ugh, I don't know, man. Right? I mean, there's more exciting things on earth we can do than rest in peace, right? So that, that's a little bit rough. Probably why my first couple of years of elementary school didn't go so hot, right? Bobby, we really need you to lay down on your mat. I'm like, I don't want to lay on the mat, right? So I wish you all just could have seen me when I was like six, y'all. It was crazy. Ask Jeanette. She'll tell you some stories. But I, I wonder, why do people say that? And I think people honestly just say it because they don't know what we're going to do. So they're just like, I don't know. It'll be peaceful. And honestly, I can tell you, I've been following Jesus now for 35 years. I have never heard one sermon on what we're going to do in heaven that I can remember. Not one. 
So I don't blame people for having some confusion about, well, what, what are we going to do up there, right? So hopefully after this sermon today, you'll have a, a better understanding of, of how to, to explain some of those things that Scripture tells us will fill our time in heaven, albeit what I'm going to be describing to you today is going to pale in comparison to whatever it is that we're going to do, Okay. Um, so I'm going to do my best to kind of explain it, but words won't do it justice. We can't even imagine what a renewed earth, renewed bodies, and evil-free existence is going to be like. Okay, but we're going to dive in and see. So I'm going to list off just several things that from Scripture I can, I can know with some certainty that we're going to do. So first and foremost, probably I thought about like if you had the, uh, um, oh gosh, what's the game? I'm blanking on it now where everybody lines up and, and you got to pick, uh, what is that called? Where the families of family feud. Thank you. Family feud. Okay. If we had family feud and I said, what is the thing you're going to do in heaven? Most people would probably say number one is like worship. All right. So yes, scripture is very clear that we are going to worship in heaven. Um, after all, that's what we were created to do. We're going to be in the Bible quite a bit. I want you to um, open to Revelation 5. Um, it's on page 1127. Revelation 5, starting in verse 11. So it says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshiped. Guys, just real quickly, um, if you don't know who the lamb is or why they're using that imagery to talk about Jesus, in the Old Testament, when people wanted their sins to be forgiven, they had to bring a, a spotless lamb to the temple, and it would be sacrificed to forgive their sins. And so when Jesus came, John the Baptist said, look, behold, the lamb of God. So he's the final sacrifice, the final lamb. So that's why Jesus is called the lamb here, if you've ever wondered, okay? That could be weird if you're not familiar with that. So it says, worthy is the lamb who was slain, right? He is worthy of our praise, and we'll be glad to shower him with it. I want you to, to look at Revelation 7. should be kind of probably about on the same page. <clears throat> Revelation 7, verse 9 and 10 says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Every tribe, tongue, and nation worshiping together. You guys, we won't have to go to, <clears throat> to church buildings in heaven, all right? Everywhere is going to be sacred space there, and 
psalms and, and hymns of praise and thanksgiving and awe are just going to be right always on the, the tip of our tongue and on our lips. And by the way, I heard, <clears throat> this is breaking news, I haven't even been on, uh, you've probably seen on Twitter when you leave, but they booked the Wellspring Band for heaven. So we're good to go. Right, Jake, you in? <laughs> no pressure, right? <laughs> and you know what? I thought about this. <clears throat> I thought, man, when the band is going here on Sunday morning, I can get, I can get pretty emotional some Sundays. I mean, music is kind of one of my things, you know, that, that really, where God really speaks to me and, and re- grabs hold of my heart, reminds me of what's true. But as, not only here on Sunday morning when we're singing, but just as we do life here on earth in general, guys, Scripture says that we, are only, we only know in part. We only see in part. And even that, I don't even know how small that part is, But even in that part, I mean, sometimes it just wrecks me, right? The little bit that I know about myself and about who God is destroys me. Can you imagine being in heaven and fully knowing and fully seeing face to face? To look Jesus in the eye and to see his love for you on his face. And guys, this is kind of becoming a thing. (laughs) But I was in my office as I'm writing this and I'm just thinking about it. And I mean, I'm just bawling. Guys, we're going to worship like we have never worshiped before. And it's going to be a blast. And secondly, we'll commune with others. I want you to turn to, to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, it's uh, page 1103. Verse 22. says this, it says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. The angels, the church... The righteous made perfect. He's talking about us. We'll sit down at the feast alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ. And can you imagine just getting to know people from every tribe, tongue, and language? I don't know about you, but if I've, you've been, if those of you that have been to foreign countries and like been to church and like worship when you're hearing people speak a different language, it's just, it's powerful. It's, it's different and it's, it's awesome. We're going to be surrounded by people, every tribe, tongue, nation, every era of history. Everybody who's ever loved and submitted their life to Christ is going to be there. And I could honestly spend years 
of eternity. <laughs> Just making appointments with people. Say, hey, let's, let's go meet down at the coffee shop, right? Holy Grounds, right? <laughs> and... Uh, Literally, I could just sit across from someone forever, one person after the next, and just say, man, tell me how Jesus rescued you. How, how did he transform your life into the image of Christ during your time of following him? I would never get bored, ever, hearing the redemptive stories of how God rescued every person who's there. I mean, that is heaven to me. If I just did that, I'd be like, that's cool. I'll sign up for that. And guess what? When I thought about that, I cried. <laughs> You're picking up a theme here, right? Pastor Bob's falling apart. <clears throat> but guys, I just, I just tried to imagine like relationships that are free of sin. Can you imagine how fulfilling those will be? How encouraging and affirming every interaction will be when there's no stuff going on in your head. Oh, I wonder if the other person likes me or none of that crap. That's all gone, right? And you can just fully enjoy the person in front of you with no hindrance. Man, here we've had limitations. We've had deteriorating bodies and limited time, and we've had jobs to go to and bills to pay and kids to raise, right? So many worries. What will it look like to linger? To never be in a hurry. And to truly savor every activity, every meal, every conversation without the weight of the world hanging over us. Goodness. <laughs> and in order to, to awaken our desire and a longing for those things, guys, all we have to do is just take a few minutes and, and to use your holy imagination and to begin to, to meditate on the power of those moments, to imagine the wonder and the pleasure of it all. You know, we don't spend much time doing that. Instead, we just pick up our phone looking for the next text, right? I challenge you to maybe spend some little bit more time thinking about that stuff. So we'll worship, we'll commune. Thirdly, we will learn and discover new things. And maybe to move our way forward into eternity, we might need to rewind the wheels back a little bit to the very beginning. And can, you, can you imagine what life was like for Adam and Eve in the garden? I mean, they had, they had the things that they knew, okay? They've got the animals, okay, that are, that are all there. Adam named all of them. And then God says, hey, I've got some fruits, trees for you. I'm sure vegetables growing in your garden that you're taking care of. You've got some food taken care of. But, you know, John Eldridge, in his book that we've been talking about here, he talks about the wonders and discoveries that awaited them in this new earth. Just imagine, like, you're at the beginning of time, and in humans, they don't know any, we don't know anything about music. So somewhere along the way, you know, somebody did something and thought, huh, this sounds interesting, and, and the ball gets rolling. 
sports. You know, I'm sure there was a football hidden there in the bushes somewhere. Adam was like, no way, right? But I mean, you just think about it, everything, storytelling, cooking, sciences of every kind, like the first time they scratched their arm and watched the scab cover over and then skin come back, they're like, ooh, wow, cool, you know? Didn't know that could happen. Think about how interesting it was for them to see their kids all have different personalities and respond emotionally differently to their circumstances and things that happened and thought, oh man, that's interesting. We're all different. <laughs> and then they're looking up at the heavens, the planets, the stars, and they're starting to notice and pick up on trends there. I mean, it's just like every day they woke up to like endless possibilities, like a little kid in the morning, like, hey, what are we gonna do today, you know? Like, I think it'll be the same for us endless possibilities to learn and grow, to do the things that you've always wanted to do that maybe never had time for. Maybe you've always wanted to play an instrument or learn a new language or a new skill or craft or a game. I can imagine just like classes going on all the time. Hey, you want to learn how to play drums like Justin Amos, you know? He'll be meeting us down at, you know, whatever, at two o'clock. I think we'll have opportunities like that to just do the things we've always loved to do. You'll have time. <laughs> that won't be an issue. I was a history major in college, and so I started thinking about how cool is it going to be that at least whoever in history was a Christian, I, I, I can sit down with them and, and they can tell me eyewitness accounts of what really happened, not just what's written in the books, but like, this is how it really went down. That'll be interesting. Right? Maybe we'll tell other people about the pandemic in 2020, right? Don't forget to tell them about the chiefs first, right? That was the, the good part. But what have you always wanted to learn about? Tell me some of your dreams. And I want you to remember, before we open the floor here, that Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And I don't know about you, but kids are dreamers, right? Nothing's impossible for them. I want to be a whatever. And we're all like, yeah, you can do that, right? So what are some of your dreams? What have you always wanted to do? You're just like, man, it would be cool maybe to get to do that. It's okay to have fun at church. This is a fun question. Let's go. Let's get the ball rolling. What have you always wanted to do? Yes. <clears throat> you want to what? See colors. See colors. Colorblind. Colorblind. Awesome. See what yeah. The nuances of color. Yeah. Awesome. Chris. Of what? Flying airplane. Awesome. What else? I want to do a backflip. You want to do a backflip. <laughs> awesome. You know what? I want to be six foot four, whatever you are. So, you know, we can hang out all day. All right. Who had something over here? I want to be Legolas. Legolas. Why? Lord of the Rings. Oh. I just want to be him. Oh, a person. I thought you meant like had no legs. <laughs> I want to be Legolas. I'm like, all right. I don't know. Is that how it's going to go down? 
I'm like, God, I'd like to have four arms. I don't know. Yeah. Fly like a bird. Awesome. Anything else? You want to what? Be a cake? Oh, a cat. I want to be a cake. I'm like, all right. That'll kill some time. Okay. You just want to see things from a different perspective, all right? Okay, good. All right, man. Who knows? Maybe we'll get to do some stuff. You got something over here? You want to be able to play video games all day. All right. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You want to be just growing knowledge and wisdom of where God's. Oh, where his wisdom comes from. Okay. Good. Yeah. That's good stuff, guys. So I, I think we're going to learn and discover, right? Fourth, we will work and create. Work and create. I want you to, to turn to Isaiah 65, page 680. Isaiah 65, verse 17 and 18. It says, see, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight, and its people a joy. Skip over to 21. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, for as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they beat, bear children doomed to misfortune, for they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. So we will be builders and planters and creators who work with their hands. And I've got to tell you, I'm going to sign up for like every home improvement class, like because I can't do squat with my hands, all right? Um, in terms of anything like fixing anything or building anything. So I'm excited about that. Um, but author N.T. Wright said it like this. He said, uh, he said, there will be work to do and we will relish doing it. All the skills and talents we have put to use in this present life and perhaps too the interests and likings we gave up because they conflicted with our vocations will be enhanced and ennobled and given back to us to be exercised to his glory. So what gifts will you be sharing with others? We will be co-creators, partners with God. And, and Eldred's, <clears throat> he said this, he said, you will have absolute intimacy with Jesus Christ and his life will flow through your gifts unhindered. So whatever gifts and abilities you have, they're all limited right now because of sin. Imagine what we will be capable of, how vast our powers in the new earth. 
Remember what Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 10. He said, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Right? We were born again to do good works, to be on mission with him forever, with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. So we will work and create. Fifth, we will rule and reign. We will be restored to our original responsibilities. Okay, in the garden, after everything was created, God told Adam and Eve this. He said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Rule. And we see that theme again picked up in the very last book in Revelation. There's three different verses here from Revelation. To the one who is victorious, Jesus says, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Jesus must have a ginormous lap, right? All of his kids are just going to come and, and sit. Revelation 5.10, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then Revelation 22, they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. We won't be resting in peace. We'll be reigning in peace. We will have authority and purpose. You know, it's interesting as you read through the parables in the Gospels, how many of Jesus' um, parables and stories that he tells hit on this theme of stewardship and responsibility. I mean, multiple parables talk about that, about this sense that God trusts us with gifts and abilities. And he says, and his expectation is that we're going to go out and we're going to multiply, right? And we're going to be faithful with our allocation. And when we do, in those stories, those folks, those faithful servants are rewarded, and usually they're given more responsibility, an opportunity to rule and reign for the benefit of others. Finally, in heaven, we will enjoy the beauty that surrounds us, all right? In Scripture, Jesus says to his disciples before he goes, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, all right? Jesus has been at work preparing places for us for quite some time, and it's going to be amazing. The city of God, this new Jerusalem, Scripture talks about is going to come down out of heaven and... It talks about it's just going to be spectacular. You, you need to read Revelation, uh, the end chapters, if you want to hear more about this. But in Revelation 21, <clears throat> and I didn't know this till now, an angel tells the apostle John that this city, this holy city that's going to come down out of heaven, um, it's going to be 1,400 miles long and wide and high. Somebody did the conversion for me, okay? Because it doesn't say miles in the Bible, so don't look for it, all right? That's about the distance from here to San Francisco. Long, then you've got to go this way and then, and then this way, okay? Pretty big city. 
basically the whole western half of the United States. It's, gonna, it's a big area, but it's also going to be filled with every Christian who's ever lived. So, you know, I don't know how much space that leaves for, for you and I, right? And it says in Scripture that the streets are going to be gold, that the gates around the, the wall of the city are going to be adorned with every kind of precious stone. Scripture says it's going to sparkle and shine in just this utter brilliance. I want you to turn your Bibles to Revelation 22, kind of the last verse we're going to look at today. Revelation 22, the very back. <clears throat> and I love this, the title it has for this section, Eden Restored. <laughs> the garden, back to the garden, right? Verse 1 of chapter 22 says, the angel, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. This is where they got the idea for the you know, fruit of the month club, Right? And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. We just looked at this verse, right? There will be not, they will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. So in addition to the beauty that we're accustomed to and maybe excited to explore again or for the first time, mountains, waterfalls, canyons, beaches, caves, whatever floats your boat, there will also be this river flowing from the throne of God through the great city. And there will be trees producing fruit of every kind, every month a new fruit, Probably stuff we've never had before. I remember the first time that um, in middle school, I went to Hawaii with my mom, and I had guava. How many of you have had guava? Few people, right? Dude, that stuff is so good, and I'd never had it before. And so I'm eating guava ice cream and, you know, whatever you can get guava. Um, they had this juice called pog juice, pineapple, orange, and guava. Oh, man. Folks, it'll set you free. <laughs> I'm telling you, so good. If, if you haven't had a pineapple from Hawaii, you have not had pineapple, people. I mean, it will destroy your mouth because it's so freaking just raw and pure. Literally, you almost can't handle it, right? And, and guys, it also says this. It says that there will be no night anymore. Now, I went to Iceland last summer. And Iceland, if you don't know, is way up there. It's, it's, it's the northernmost capital city is in that country in the world, Reykjavik. And in Iceland in the summer, it's dark for about a minute, literally like 45 minutes maybe. So what that means is that 
you can sightsee anytime you want, which meant that we were we rolled in about 1 or 2 a.m. a couple nights, Dave, because we were just out seeing stuff because it's light. You can just do that. And so in heaven, we can enjoy beauty, community, our Savior, 24-7. If, if there are clocks or time in heaven, which I'm not totally sure about. But we will worship, we will commune, we will learn, work, create, rule and reign, enjoy the beauty around us. And that's not an exhaustive list of what we're going to do. Those are just some of the hints and spoilers that God kind of sprinkled in Scripture throughout to kind of say, hey, I'm thinking about what this is going to be like, right? It's one thing if you're like planning uh, a party for one night or even a week. But think about if you're planning forever, you're going to want to make sure that's pretty awesome, right? There's been a lot of thought put into what this is going to be like. And talking about it and meditating and imagining it starts to pique our interest. But we'll just have to trust God that if he's behind this, it's going to be awesome, right? We can trust that it's going to blow our minds. And here's where I really want to leave us today. Guys, this is all, church, life in general that we're living right now, this is all a dress rehearsal. We are all practicing for eternity. Each and every day, God gives us to live on this earth. We are practicing, tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. And sometimes the cloud parts for a moment. The fog lifts, to use that analogy, during worship or during fellowship or as we serve and use our gifts or as we give and receive love and grace and forgiveness from one another and we catch a glimpse, however fleeting, of our eternal destiny. And man, when we do, it just makes us long for that. How many times do we say, or have you said, oh, man, I just wish this, I wish I could just stay here forever. How many of you have said that at some moment in your life? You're doing something and you're just enjoying it so much, you're just like, I just want to stay here forever. Who'd be willing to share? What was one of those moments for you when you said that? Yeah. Uh, there's a hill surfing Okay. Being in Florida as a surf instructor, right? So if you want to take surfing lessons, Rob Nichols in heaven right there, I'll meet you on the beach, 6 a.m., right? Just being in the water at the sunrise and just being like, oh man, this is awesome. What else? What, what moments do you just like, oh, I just want to hang on to this? Yeah. Honeymoon. Your honeymoon. Yeah. I mean, that's what a wonderful time, right? Everything's great then. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Every time you're in the mountains with the family. Yeah. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, 
you got a new address, so make sure I get the check to the right place, because I know you just moved, right? Yes. I'm sure a lot of people were thinking it, but you said it. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I have many, but a, a Need to Breathe concert. Okay. Yeah. Being at a concert, filled, just a place filled up with everybody just worshiping and with a talented group, and yeah, I mean, awesome. Yeah. Okay, yeah, being in an arena with 85,000 people praying, yeah. What else? Anything else? Yeah, Jamie? Uh, serving on summer staff for people at Young Life Camp. Yeah, serving at Young Life Camp on summer staff, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, that was more like self-righteous, but playing in front of like 85,000 people back in college football. Yeah, playing college football in front of a bunch of people, yeah. Anything else? I know, man, there's been moments. I'm sorry, I'll get to you just one second. Um, I remember sometimes when I was just rocking my kids to sleep, you know? And just how beautiful that moment is, right? For one thing, they're not saying anything. So that makes it really beautiful, <laughs> right? And just thinking, gosh, what a, what a treasure, a blessing to get to share life, yeah. Mm. Yeah, anytime that we feel loved, Not really, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, so maybe when people have hope for us that we haven't had for ourselves, yeah, that's good stuff, folks. <laughs> so whether it's on a mountaintop or a beach <laughs> or after a great dinner with family or friends, or during a fun day with the kids, or enjoying a hobby, or in the midst of a spirit-filled time at church or at a concert, those moments awaken something in our hearts that we're longing for, heaven. A, a place where those things, guys, you know what heaven's going to be? We talked about this at my, my house after the very first sermon. Do you remember the very first sermon in this series? I, I made you like pick a, a moment where you, I don't even know what it was, like maybe where you felt close to God or, or something, and I had you just kind of meditate on that moment for a while, right? And we talked about those at my house. And what I said at the end of that was, as we went around and shared, um, I said, do you realize that in heaven, you're just going to be stacking those moments one on top of the other. Like all the moments you just thought about, just imagine a loop of never-ending experiences like that forever. <laughs> Endless joy forever. Like I don't know how much time you all have really spent thinking about that. It's going to be insane, people, right? And again, going back to what I shared a few weeks ago, 
the, the, the news, that news or the idea, the reality of that ought to make us want to tell other people about it. Right? We should want everyone we know to experience this. And not just keep it for ourselves. Oh, this is really cool. I can't wait to have this for myself. But no, man, I want everyone to know what God has in store for us forever. And tell them that we're not just going to be resting in peace, okay? Spice it up a little bit. We're going to be doing some awesome stuff. You know, refer them to Bob's message from July 12th, 2020. Give it a listen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, uh, first of all, just for the plan that you had in place to, to rescue us. And God, again, like, the reason why this is so amazing is because we did not do anything to deserve it. In fact, we did the exact opposite. For Adam and Eve in the garden, with all the possibilities and the beauty and the perfectness of relationship around them, it wasn't enough. And guys, that's why we're all like Adam and Eve. We all want what we want, when we want it, the way we want it. And we don't want to have to submit to anybody else. And that self-centered desire to rule our own lives drives us away from God. But even in the midst of that reality, Scripture says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we were looking for a bridge, he made a bridge. And he's, he's relentless in coming after us. And he's thoughtful in, in what he has planned for us. And he wants us as we live our life here to, to kind of have one foot in the now, fully engaged and present with people, but also one eye, one foot in the kingdom. And kind of trying to pull those promises and those things that await us in the kingdom back down into earth to give people a taste of what the kingdom is going to be. And so as we live like Christ and as we show grace and mercy and forgiveness and we give hope to people, that's a taste of heaven. That's a sliver of every day with the Father. God, just help us to be people who can be just the, the little taste of the kingdom to, to, to others. So that they'll be like, oh man, when I'm with Bob or I'm with Joe or whoever it is, I, I sense the Lord's presence. I sense his pleasure. I sense him pursuing me when I'm with that person. That's what we want to, to emanate as his followers. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand as we close.